This is the Urban Political, the podcast on urban theory, research, and activism. Today's podcast is an interview with two scholar activists from the UK about the so-called new municipalism. Bertie Russell from the Urban Institute at the University of Sheffield, and Matt Thompson from the Heseltine Institute at the University of Liverpool. We spoke about the difficulties of defining the new in new municipalism. We traced some of the roots to this movement, and we talked about its development in the UK context in particular. Okay, so I'm here with Matt Thompson of University of Liverpool and Bertie Russell, University of Sheffield. And we're sitting, uh, I think it's Prince's Gardens, Imperial College, uh, taking a break from the RGS uh, IBG uh, conference. And the reason we're doing that is because we want to talk about new municipalism or radical municipalism. Uh, uh, and Matt and Bertie have organised the four sessions. Uh, um, which bring together not just scholars but also uh, activists. I don't know if you've got any, and some policymakers, kind of administrators as well, which is fairly unusual. And uh, uh, and it's obviously great that that can happen at a conference like uh, the RGS. So, guys, just to get started, imagining uh, uh, that somebody might have heard of this term new municipalism um, but doesn't quite know what it means how would you how would you define it to them <laughs> so we'll give it a couple of goes shall we and then see do you want to I'll start and then you correct on, me yeah oh we'll see where it goes okay yeah well that maybe already I think gives an indication that um, you, that you're probably not going to find uh, one paragraph definition of this written down in some dictionary of human geography handbook which which really clearly lays out what this means although there is a dictionary entry for the encyclopedia of human geography this year on new municipalism so we'll see what oh is there who's writing that i can't remember but we'll see we'll see whether there is a paragraph it might be if i don't know who's writing it i can offer that it'll probably be wrong but we'll see (laughs) without knowing who i'm offending in saying that but uh so yeah i don't think there's i don't think the starting point is that this is a really clear uh, political program or a really clear area of uh, study or a very specific set of principles but I do think that you um, that doesn't mean that it's an open open card for anything to call itself new municipalism which especially talking within the context of the UK is really important because it's terminology which I think some people find quite sexy and use quite freely without necessarily considering the implications of what it means or what networks use this terminology as well um, I haven't begun to offer a definition there, I'll be aware of. But I mean, maybe the fact that it is so open speaks to what exactly it is. So, you know, you said yourself, it's not anything, anything goes, but it, the fact that it is open and contestable and, you know, it's, it, it speaks to the fact that it is about dialogue and it's about dem- it's about democracy, ultimately. So the actual, you know, the root and the, the thrust of the term is, is around, you know, re-establishing, transforming forms of governance at a, c- a city regional scale or a city scale or a municipal scale, um, and I think in, in its broadest term, if, I'm getting, if we're going to start moving toward a definition in its broadest term, I think it's probably, for me, it's best defined by um, Corporation Jackson's sort of slogan, which is, if I get it the right way around, socialising the economy and democratising society, which could be anything, right? That could be, like, that could be just generally socialism. So what, what makes it municipalism? I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> I think... Uh, uh, 
why it's of particular interest to geographers, which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever say, but <laughs> it's because it's got a question of scale is fundamentally in this, right? So <clears throat> this is definitely be about a transformative approach, transformative projects. It's about democratisation. It's about developing new institutions where people are rooted much closer uh, in space, but also uh, and, uh, uh, in terms of emotionally to decisions which they can affect and, and shape. Um, so it's fundamentally a question about power, building new, new, a new landscape of power. <clears throat> and as soon as you're talking about that, it means that we don't fall back onto traditional understandings of how you think social change might happen. And most importantly, that means not fetishizing the nation state as being uh, in somehow a, a coherent agent that has more power than, than anyone else, but equally not fetishizing local government and thinking that local government in some way has loads more power or capacity to, to undertake radical projects than anyone else because, I mean, objectively it doesn't in, in, in any context. Um, but it is asking what, at what scales, what scales are most appropriate for cohering um, new uh, abilities to exercise power, new forms of institution. And I think the premise that really comes through is if we're starting to build new forms of new institutions and new ways to exercise collective power, democratic collective power, the best place to start is in the place that's closest to us. Uh, I'm very carefully trying to not use the word local, but if we talk about um, the closeness of people within cities or within municipalities, perhaps uh, to not just talk about cities here, that closeness of relationships, of circuits of production, of uh, experience and so on, means that the, the, the municipality is arguably a privileged place to begin developing these new landscapes of power and to exercise collective um, agency over our lives which is fundamentally was what largely people are <laughs> missing mm. in society so what makes it different then from social movements and community activism that that geographers have been banging on about for three decades you know so you, you said earlier you know it, it's not to fetishize the nation state or local government but equally, I'd say, and I thought this is where you were going to go when you started saying that sentence. Equally, it's not about. It's also not about fetishizing social movements. Totally. Yeah. So it's sort of. So there's a lot of the stuff. You know, a lot of the bump out there on new municipalism would talk about. You know, a 45 degree angle between horizontalism and verticalism, or so you know, new form, new forms of power. Hart and Nagy talk about it. New forms of leadership that aren't necessarily, you know, the classic forms of of leading from the front or leading from not leading from the front what am I talking about leading from above um, and determining a strategy but actually letting social movements do that but but still acknowledging the fact that there is leadership and there is there is a need for some vertical power in, in there and the fact that, there, that that power lies in vertical institutions is important I guess mm. so it's sort of like coming it's, it's sort of moving away from well, I wouldn't say the traditional but the kind of we've got ourselves in a bit of a rut haven't we really in sort of on the left in politics for, for a good few many decades since neoliberalism kind of pushed us in a certain direction in that we don't we, we're not ambitious enough with the state and with with working out how we can challenge and tackle and ultimately take over and and transform the state um so so this i think the way the fact that it's new is is an indication of what what this is about it's a, a sort of a, it's, we're revisiting we're revisiting uh, municipal politics which has perhaps been forgotten since the 1980s or 1970s when you know there was, the, there was a massive kind of defeat, I guess, of the new left in Britain, particularly, I'm talking from a British perspective here, Thatcher's defeat of the new left and of those kind of radical British municipal socialist experiments in places like Liverpool, Lambeth, Sheffield, 
they were utterly devastated after after you know after those political sort of battles were fought out and lost unfortunately and since then it's been you know it's been given a bad name those kind of things and this is a kind of it's not a rehearsal of it it's not even just a return of it I think Bert will probably emphasise what it, what how different it is from the old school municipal socialism, but it is certainly a new kind of municipalism, um, with new a new kind of a new kind of mask. Mm. Well, what, I mean, I was just thinking because <clears throat> um, I mean I would struggle as well to, to to really pin it down and you know and agree with lots of the things cohering here. Um, but why why then um, why then the term municipalism is it is it because of this tradition, this lineage of municipalism, municipal socialism, which, as as we know, wasn't always uh, or even very often socialist. You know, it was, it was a kind of it was a mm. compromise of sorts. Uh, 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 um, why use that term? Is is municipalism or the municipality then? Is it really something that we're talking about seriously in terms of? Uh, uh, an object of political strategy, or is it something that's vaguer, that is is is, is more sort of evocative of, of what you were saying, Bertie, about the, the, something about the closeness, this direct interaction with the everyday around you? I mean, mm. what, what's the purpose mm. of the, the part, the municipal part of it? You know? Yeah, I, I definitely think that if a false opposition is to say, oh, we'd privilege. The local state institutions, which we we'll, could call the municipality, but this language changes depending on which country you're using it, right? And fashions and so on. But um, I think it'd be a mistake to say you, you'll fetishise a local state institution and say that it's something that's different to a national state. This is all part of this of state infrastructure. Uh, they don't exist as separate entities. It's all different elements of the same entity. So I'm, I'm sort of wary against any any uh, well. Mark Bissell called the local, the local trap and wary of anything that fetishises something just because it's supposedly of a smaller scale is it's to miss the complexity of state structures and economies and so on and so on so that's kind of a, 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 one of my warning signs in a way of all of this but um, I think some of this language of municipalism important to talk about this is my perception rather than kind of claim this is an absolute truth was certainly it was popularised in, um, in Spain and um, <clears throat> movements did take a turn social movements post uh the sort of um, occupy movements occupation of the squares in 2000 uh, beginning around 2011 um took a turn towards institutions so state institutions to say <clears throat> we've we've in some areas like barcelona most famously but certainly not just barcelona um uh leading up to 2015 said we actually need to start um, taking movements into the institutions how can we explain this turn to the state was it a recognition there was a need to engage more seriously with formal sources of power? Was it opportunistic? I think there's a this question is can this can the state, the institutions of the state, and people that work within those institutions, be part of a project of autonomy? Which sounds like a, con- a contradiction, but I think that's you know as you're talking about this idea of some form of diagonal working between going beyond this like horizontal or verticalism. It's like, can, can, can the practices of the state be used in a way that supports and develops autonomy that I think is the wager, that's what I think municipalism is fundamentally about and as soon as you start to unpack that you have to start talking about well, which, acts, which capacities of the state, which elements of the state, in which ways are some more capable than others to help support projects of autonomy and if so 
what do we mean? And I think that's when you can turn and say, well, yeah, there's clear capacities potentially in certain countries in certain ways for the local state to potentially be part of a project of auto- autonomy. So I, th- I think that's, that's for me, that's answering it in an abstract way, but I think fundamentally for me is what municipalism is about. And then, why did it happen in Spain when it did? Is it because there was a moment, or like you said, was it opportunism? Was there a moment in just after 2008 and those few years afterwards uh, as austerity kicked in was local government looking like ready for the taking was it like a load of social movements in in the squares if you like occupying the squares and doing their good work with cooperative housing and so on and so forth all that stuff that stuff around the commons about the right to the city the stuff that activists have been plugging away at for years and years and years reinventing the wheel every time that they they, they fail because it was an inevitable failure in the, in, the, in, the, in the face of capitalism and i wonder whether actually at that point there was a somehow there's a moment where hang on we could we could support this stuff a bit more seriously if we can get hold of these municipal institutions. I don't, I don't know why it happened in Spain first, but I, I do wonder whether that is, it's, it's, it's that as well. There's a kind of exhaustion of, do we have to keep doing this every single time over and over again? And every generation of activists that come through have to relearn this. Can yeah. we not like get some sort of, can we not have a bit more support structure here? And we need the state to do that. You know, we can't just, yeah. we, there are obviously, situ- there are definitely good examples of co-op movements that develop their own institutional infrastructure, but that inevitably becomes state-like, doesn't it? So in a way, why not just take hold of the stuff that's there already? I, th- I think the story, the, the narrative that I've been told, or as I understand it, in the case of Barcelona, um, is that the one of the kind of strongest social movement organisations <coughs> post um, the occupation of the squares was uh, La Paz, which is uh, an organisation that um, mobilises, takes direct action, resists evictions and also campaigns uh, around mortgage uh, evictions basically and uh, in Spain that was because a, a significant proportion of the economy was in property and in construction <coughs> uh, when the economy tanked lots and lots of people found themselves uh, their mortgages underwater and couldn't pay them off and this became a very socially important uh, social movement and they, uh, one of the things they were trying to do was to get a, a change to one of the national laws and they managed to get a petition that uh, I think around, I can't remember the numbers, millions of people signed to say we, we need to address this and uh, it just got rejected. And there was a, a, a feeling that this illustrated even if you can mobilise thousands of people on the street doing direct action to block evictions, lots of stuff which is kind of to an extent bread and butter and people romanticize some of this stuff but also it's seriously exhausting and you can't keep doing this for a long time unless you're seeing the wins and i think a lot of people were mobilizing huge amounts of energy huge numbers of support for what they were doing but it was hitting a glass ceiling which was well what can social movements do if we just get shut down even when we mobilize millions of signatures even when we prevent hundreds of evictions each week like how do we move beyond this problem so there was this <clears throat> frustration based on the movement strategies that had been used that were firmly outside of the state in terms of what they were doing, coupled with the fact that we're now in, in 2014, this would be. So <clears throat> you've, you've starting to, you're getting a tailing off of some of these strong street-based movements where people are growing up, you know, and they're getting exhausted and they might move and a lot of those social ties that hold them together are uh, dissipating or changing. And small numbers of people decided that one of the things that they should do would be to try and see if they could take over the institutions um, and as I understand it it's small numbers of people in, in Barcelona initially like sat around the table and I don't know whatever number were there 
and made the decision that they would try to run and and see if they could breach this question of taking a lot of the practices and the cultures and the politics and the transformative nature of these social movements and try and apply them and not just take the tools of the local state and use them but to try and transform the way that the local state operated and I think that was what drove mm. that was the energy that drove this and I think that's the story in Barcelona the power was strong in other places but the story if you're in uh, A Coruña is not the same story as if you're in Barcelona even though they're in Spain So, and we're only talking about one country so I don't think you can generalise and the stories is definitely different if we then move to talking about Jackson or something Moving to the UK context, uh, what has been happening? How has the new municipalism developed here? I'm thinking of Preston, perhaps some other examples. I guess Preston is, and I'll explain a little bit what it is in a second, Preston is probably most, it's better defined as a kind of progressive economic agenda than a new municipalist sort of transformation of the city or of 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 the local politics. Because it's, it's focused on a particular kind of um, policy framework or policy agenda as its end goal, as the kind of mechanism through which sort of social justice goals might be, might be achieved or might be delivered. And this that language of delivery of kind of... So it's, it centres around procurement, progressive procurement strategies as they're, as they're known, and this kind of wider agenda called community wealth building, which comes from America, from the States, from a particular think tank called the Democracy Collaborative, um, which you could sort of loosely define as sort of democratic socialist um, and fitting, you know, the guy who sort of set that up sort of says something along the lines, famously quoted as saying, if you don't like, you know, if you don't like state managerialism and you don't like corporate capitalism, what do you want? Well, this is it. This kind of localist, um, power to the people in, in economic everyday life, but very much focused on, um, on sort of... Oh, on, the, on a model, I guess, on, 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 on setting up a model of how, that, of how that might work. So the idea in Preston is to use the spending power of anchor institutions. And anchor institutions are those big civic organisations that are anchored to place, but also have an important sort of civic, social, economic role within, within the functioning of that place. So universities, hospitals, local government. In the case of Preston, you've got county council as well, which is the wider regional government. Um, things like housing associations in Britain, because obviously social housing, public housing has been partially privatised, and but those organisations in the social economy or in the non-profit sector are important organisations in those regards, and they have a kind of, in a way, they have interests that are aligned with a sort of progressive socialist or municipal socialist agenda around, um, you know, redistributing wealth, democratising decision making, and if we can, if we impress in the ideas, if we can somehow bend the influential spend that's that spending power of those institutions which isn't already taken up in in national contracts or in legal contracts with with that with you know with whatever company that provides their computers but that influ- the influential spend if it, if it can be redirected toward um companies that produce social value that employ local labor perhaps company in in, in an ideal world companies which are cooperatively run have economic democracy built into their sort of governance structures so worker-owned co-ops is the is the is the the ideal here if if those kind of firms can get hold of the contracts like cleaning like you know like 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 catering like construction for those big companies we'll see an economic revolution in preston's fortunes where you know suddenly wealth will flow locally and and there will be there will be opportunities for people to engage with engage with each other and share in that in that new wealth production um through, you know, through the arena of, of, of worker-owned co-ops, for instance. That's the theory. Um, but 
in, in terms of new, new municipalist politics, it doesn't really come quite in the same sort of area, I guess, as, as Barcelona or even the GLC, because it doesn't really... It hasn't so far managed to kind of create platforms or... And again, it's all the onus here is on the creation of, the, the development of, the delivery of, because it's the... It's it, quite top-down as well. Because it's top-down, because it's, it's people doing it. It is, uh, it's, not, sorry, it's, not the, it's not citizens or communities doing it pushing against something and making it happen it's it's sort of being kind of designed in by um i guess progressive technocrats and there are think tanks involved like the center for local economic strategies or clairs based in manchester and the democracy collaborative and they work together and and they're using tools developed by the likes of the new economics foundation and their day has come they've really you know they've 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 managed to bring these different elements together into an apparatus which does seem to work there are you know, studies have already been done on the on the performance of it. It does seem to to keep the pound circulating locally and create multipliers of that. Um, but whether how we how we see that model, how we see that in relation to municipalist politics, is another question altogether. Where do the people come into that? You know, so there's definitely conversations in Preston going on where they're talking about how do we sort of like design in a movement how do we how do we how do we make this into a movement now that we've got the ball rolling as technocrats or as policymakers or as councillors it's driven mostly by labor and cooperative party councillors in the council um now how do we get this thing spread out across the across the city a lot of people in preston that i've been to events and sort of seen seen the reception of these ideas a lot of people have no idea it's happening you know people who are sort of politically alert and kind of trying to be you know and sort of community activists and so on have only just started to find out about this this thing so there's there's some difficulties there some tension the question i then ask is how does this help transform how do how will this help build projects of autonomy how does this help transform the state how does this you know those are the questions so and and that's that's the challenge in all of these is not like how if you if what you do is work in local government you have all of the pressures upon you of somebody who is either an employee or is elected to work in local government, you are stuck thinking about the crap you have to deal with in that role. And actually, if somebody's facing their library being shut, first and foremost, what you've got to try and do is make sure that library doesn't get shut. And that is a really, really important role. And yeah. it's like the front line or like adult social care, for example, actually making sure that stuff gets delivered and people aren't left without care at, at their home or something is like absolutely crucial. The trouble is, of course, if what you hope is that some people who are elected to local government will then deliver a radical project for you, they're so caught up, such a small number of people are caught up with massively important things that to place our hopes for social change by looking at any particular local authority and then especially then critiquing them for having not gone far enough is uh, abdicating our own responsibility, speaking as somebody who's not part of uh, local government, to actually start to drive forward those movements and the create the change that I think you need to see. And that's an important lesson, I think, if you do look in anywhere where there's been an attempt to work with... I think it's hard to talk about municipalism, full stop, if you aren't talking about people outside of state institutions. I think you're talking about local government policy otherwise. And you can have good local government policy and bad local government policy and everything in between. But if you want to talk about <coughs> uh, examples of Jackson, where they're very cautious about their engagement with... The, the state there what they're asking is to what extent and how do we relate with the local state in such a way that we can build collective power over our own lives and that is the question I then want to take to whether it's Preston or whether it's North Ayrshire or whether it's Hull or it doesn't matter where is can there be local government policies that support them and, and then what does that mean for social movements to actually develop to take that on and what institutions do you actually build and 
how you're going to do it so yeah I think that it's very easy to slip into just like let's do a survey of what local governments are doing what in the UK and hope that we find the answer and I'm like absolutely certain that we wouldn't find it if that's the question that we set out with but are we moving um, in the right direction if we find examples of say public commons partnerships yes I think so yeah, yeah. so rather yeah. than the private public partnerships of the like past which defined urban entrepreneurialism <laughs> Why don't, yeah, you know, there is a, in a sense there is a kind of new municipalism <coughs> of some kind going yeah. in Britain. The fact that There's many councils are starting to engage with community groups Definitely. or non-profit non-profit organisations rather than big profit-hungry yeah. corporations or you know third is, sector organisations. Is that a policy so, agenda? Then is that is that an unfair way of characterising? Obviously, this transformative potential I, in, in policy yeah. making, um, but it's still a policy agenda. So, so uh, Matt teed up. Thank you, Matt. The idea of a public common partnership is one possible <laughs> way of looking at this. Which is, um, uh, I came from a meeting this morning with. I'm going to be. I'm not sure how much. No, it wasn't. It was with uh, housing activist groups. Right. I don't know how much can or can't be public, so I was just going to talk um, abstractly. But it's somewhere in London, and um, they are looking at the opportunity of um, developing some collective housing where they introduce an idea of a public common partnership, which. I mean, hopefully listeners might be aware of the idea of a public-private partnership. This is actually challenging the way that we think about the relationship between um, communities, community organisations and the state as partners in in the ownership and the governance of assets and and resources. It could be land, it could be housing, it could be an energy company. Um, And in this case, the the people we went to meet with are not policy makers, they're not people in the local authority, they're the people who are actually pushing to make this a reality they are in conversation and they are uh, uh, working with that particular local authority to try and realise this and from what I understand there is a, a real willingness to look for new idea, workable ideas new workable ideas as to how we can actually meet the, ne- the needs that we want so this isn't just like a leftist wet dream but like fundamentally you do need housing you do need electricity you do need transport right so how do we deliver those things differently in a way where we are also more empowered and it is better and it is cheaper we've got to do all of those things yeah. but I think a really good example where we probably can talk about it more openly is um, in Harringay uh, the market. Uh, with the market yeah do you know much do you want to introduce it or not so like <clears throat> so this is a there's a big campaign around um, what's known as uh, uh, it's Ward's Corner Market and um the uh, Harringay itself has been referred to as like the first Corbyn council and that's actually because the Harringay is it's North London North London and uh, the leader of that council Joseph Age of Four I think is, is also on the board of Momentum which is why it's referred to as a Corbyn council like <laughs> Momentum led council and uh, and there's, there's now like an open struggle taking place over um, the Ward's Corner market there that in many ways I think could become an example of where you move towards something that I, I would find inspiring in terms of practices that you could say are municipalist practices in the UK or it could be an example of, of where community groups get actively shat on by a local government who have got a lot of rhetoric but when push comes to shove might actually just close down these opportunities and it could go either way in this situation so and, and it um, but the market is obviously at the centre of Latin American kind of Colombian particularly sort of small businesses eateries lots yeah. of sort of like yeah like family owned business, family owned shops businesses all sorts of things and this kind of ramshackle collection of four story kind of amazingness it's an incredible it's an incredible community asset 
yeah. but it's kind of doesn't it's not in keeping with the I guess the council's plans for the wider area of Tottenham South Tottenham Seven yeah. Sisters which involves demolishing it and building a exactly so a the uh, a compulsory purchase order was signed by the previous administration which would allow a development company called Granger to come in um, as you say um, demolish it and build a glass shiny affair that you can see uh, exactly you can imagine what it will look like promises have been made that local market traders would be able to still be in that place um, market traders say that the rents would be too high and so it's a form of um, flushing people out of there uh, I think the realist in you should probably know how this will end up <laughs> uh, and so they've uh, they've turned around and said well actually this 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 land's owned by um, TfL Transport for London Sadiq Khan could come in and cancel that compulsory purchase order and say TfL need to allocate this and we're going to pursue a different model for this market uh, the market traders working with um, some activist groups as well that are there and some architects have developed um, a new community plan for the market uh, and one of their things considering is well how do we actually go into partnership so that the local state will be in partnership in terms of the ownership and governance of this market which instead of it becoming a large development where money gets sucked out of this area into into Granger's uh, back pocket, wherever it will be, we actually retain a lot of these key cultural elements that are there so it doesn't become a, an issue of cultural cleansing. And it's worth pointing out that the, the UN themselves, twice now, I think, has said that this intervened. case have intervened. They have no formal power, but have soft power, and have intervened to say the case that's happening um, uh, actually contravenes a lot of basic human rights. Um, <coughs> So it's a it's a pretty uh, contemporary UK thing, isn't it? Yeah, but it's worth putting this in. If you're talking about municipalism in whatever way you define it, you you've got an opportunity here where you've got a strong. Watch, it's not formally a community asset in terms of ownership, but no. you've got a strong and important cultural asset that's economically important for small market traders and the communities around them. It's and you've got a local authority that potentially has the capacity working with Sadiq Khan and the Mayor of London and so on, to transfer this to support a new model of ownership and governance. And you're getting international attention on this in terms of if we stick with the current traditional model of selling off land, selling off assets, and it's the only way of attracting capital into an area, this, this sole model. So all of this is taking place under what's supposedly the leading momentum council. And I think that is a place to watch for your question was like, where do we look in the UK, right? A place to watch what happens and to also to try and mobilise and support the people there. That is a really important case of where a different pathway could be taken. Most recently, I know this week even, the market traders have faced, I think it's about a 35% increase in their rents. It's a very clear process to flush, flush them out. And if you couldn't come up with a clearer example, supposedly you want to keep these market traders in in your post once you've done your glass development. I mean, all of the signs are there that the aim is to get these market traders out and demolish it. So I think that's a really clear example where a mixture of um, new approaches to economy, new approaches to ownership and governance and collaborations with the local government could lead us to um, quite literally different different visions of what our cities look like, different pathways. Fantastic, guys. Uh, so last speculative, have to end with a big question, I suppose. So what do we think will happen in the next year or two coming what could happen so what could happen around new municipalism around this kind of this, this project this political project um, here elsewhere no, sorry what I think what I hope would happen yeah. is that those international links that have already started to be 
sort of solidified through networks like Pillar Cities are extended and strengthened and deepened because that's that's something we haven't really talked about. That, transnationalism. That transnationalism yeah. is an in, integral part of, of, of municipalism of, of the past. Mm. In the late 19th century and early 20th century, the, the, the municipal movements across Europe and America had incredible, you know, incredibly dense networks that, you know, and a lot of study tours and kind of, this was the start of policy tourism kind of, but also the start of social movement, um, kind of social movement, municipal movement, you know, galvanization, um, in those in that in those periods and we're seeing it today now as well and i think the only chance of survival for these otherwise isolated kind of you know city-based experiments is for the it's for, it's for connections to be made trade connections supply thinking about supply chains thinking about how we can think about alternative um circuits of value cooperation jackson's been mentioned a lot they're pursuing this idea how do we think through an alternative circuit of value in which our supply chains are through cooperative producers and cooperative suppliers that are largely outside of commodified networks is that possible in today's capitalism not completely but if we can start to build a network of, of, of a cooperative network of such those cities might have a those platforms in those cities might have a better chance of survival when they're being you know they're up against the nation state and they're also up against global capital so it's, it's a tough one yeah yeah I think there's um <clears throat> So we released uh, a report, this public common partnership report that was mentioned beforehand uh, earlier this year with Commonwealth, uh, which is a, a new uh, organisation in the UK uh, led by Matt, Matt Lawrence. And um, uh, that's received quite a lot of interest and um, I'm buoyed by the fact that it received interest both from um, um, politicians but also activist groups. Uh, so it didn't just fall on, it wasn't just attractive to one particular type of uh, agent, let's say. I think that's, I'm, I'm really hopeful about that and, and, and a lot of different groups are considering what it would mean to take that forward and how to develop that as an approach. I think there's, there is a hunger for, for new political thinking and, and, and what new types of action can be taken and what does that look like? How do we actually build power? Like, what's that mean today if we're doing things differently? And I think you can see a hunger um, for uh, new ways of acting coming from some people in local authorities as well, um, both in London, I mean, obviously you mentioned Preston, but um, I think these perhaps like some of these binaries between like social movements good state bad or vice versa or wherever you sit on that spectrum i mean if there's one thing that's being challenged by that is that there's a lot of people who recognize the need to do things quite radically different and and, and are very open to thinking how the hell that we do that and um yeah what i'd hope to see over the next year would be a lot a lot of people being a bit more prepared to experiment critically both from within local authorities and and social movements as, as well and uh that doesn't mean giving up on all of our experiences and everything we know about this stuff in the past, but um, yeah, that's what I'd hope to see. Thanks to you for listening. For more information, visit our website urbanpolitical.podigy.io. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter.